I want to share from the Gospel of Luke chapter 22, which is that Passover celebration of Jesus, which led up to the cross and the institution of the Lord's Supper in the upper room. And here I invite those who are worshiping with us by way of radio to worship with us in the celebration of the Lord's Supper there in your home. I remember three years ago when everything was shut down because of COVID, watching and worshiping by way of television, Jensen Franklin celebrating the Lord's Supper in his home, inviting people to celebrate it. And the elements, as we will indicate even more in a moment, are symbolic. The bread is symbolic of the body of Christ and the blood is symbolic of the death of Jesus on the cross of Christ. And we use traditional elements here, but I invite those at home, whatever you have there that is dignified and respectful, whether it's a little piece of a cracker or a piece of bread and water or juice of some kind, uh, Jensen was drinking sweet tea that day. And uh, it's, it's, it's the meaning, it's the spirit of it. So I invite those who are worshiping by way of radio to join us as we celebrate the Lord's Supper on the first day of a new year. I read in, in Luke chapter 22, verse 7, Jesus is instructing the disciples. It says in verse 7, Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And we're talking there of that lamb without blemish for the sins of Israel. We know that the Lamb of God, Jesus, is about to be sacrificed once and for all for our sins. Hallelujah. And so Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. In verse 14, the little heading in my scripture, and I think in many of yours, says, Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper. When the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. And then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to question among themselves, which of them it was who would do this thing. Let me pray again. Lord Jesus, our heart's desire is that we would not just take the Lord's Supper, but that we would experience you. Forgive us of our sins. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I open with a statement that may be like, okay, I'm confused here. But it came to my mind, an illustration I read sometime, and it goes with, as we 
receive the Lord's Supper, I always try to understand, to communicate it, and pray that we experience it within our hearts. In our Sunday school, I refer again in John chapter 3, Jesus spoke about being born again and the Spirit of the living God coming into us. And His Spirit guides us, protects us, leads us, and comforts us. Well, I read this one time where a father was explaining to his son Easter. There's where I don't want you, I know it's not Easter. But the little boy listened very attentively to his father explaining the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ. And then the little fellow asked his dad, will I ever experience Easter? Well, amen. Believers born again, we do and we will. We will pass from this life, but we will be raised to new life. How incredible that we just saw that in baptism. And so in experiencing, I want us to experience the Lord's Supper. And then I thought, right here we are, and we are coming out of the week of the celebration for us, a month or more of the birth of Christ. And that is the ministry of Jesus Christ is so wonderfully portrayed here in these elements. The first element that we will receive is the bread which Jesus says, this is my body. The bread can symbolize Christmas, the incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us, coming to us in the flesh. And Jesus said to them, this is my body, which is given for you. So I pray that as we partake of the bread, that we will be reminded of those opening words of the Gospel of John, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the glory of the only begotten. So may as we hold the bread in our hearts, we will breathe a prayer. Thank you, Almighty God, for coming to us in Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's Christmas. Then in a moment, we will receive the juice, which Jesus said to them that this is my blood, which is shed for you. And that is the reverent remembrance at Easter of the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I would pray that between Christmas and then we look forward to Easter, that we would breathe that prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for not only coming in the flesh, like one of us, to show us what you really are like. But thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross and shedding your blood for my sins. And then to fully experience it, I pray that if you have never prayed a prayer to receive Christ, you will pray as I know that Nicodemus and John 3 did that night, for he was there to assist in the burial of Jesus coming off of that cross. Lord Jesus, I believe in you, the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. Come in. Come into my life. I make you my Lord and Savior. So I pray that we will experience the Lord's Supper. 
We go to the table, and I am assisted by our deacon leadership, Dr. Ricky Brantley and Greg Callahan, to join me here at this table. I say a word to go back to the historical beginning of our celebration of the Lord's Supper. And that is, it is that annual remembrance in Judaism of the Passover. And that is, they have experienced 430 years of incredible persecution, bondage, and imprisonment in Egypt. God took them there to spare their life at a terrible famine. They found favor in the land. They found favor with Pharaoh. Joseph was a forerunner for them. And when Joseph passed, the opening words of the book of Exodus are so powerful. There arose a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. And things got very bad for the people of Israel. And they began to cry out for God to deliver them. And we know we know that God spoke to Moses, who had been raised in Pharaoh's house. Spoke to Moses, who'd been out in the wilderness for 40 years. Go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Pharaoh wasn't about to because they were enslaved laborers to the building of the pyramids. And after nine plagues, the 10th plague is when the angel of death passed through Egypt. The people of Israel had been told how to prepare for it, and that was the sacrifice of a perfect unblemished lamb, a certain dietary for that evening. Take some of the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost of their home. And that when the angel of death came through the land, every home that had not been sanctified by the sacrifice, the firstborn of everything lost their life. But God told Moses and the people, and this is so powerful, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Amen. And so that was enough for Pharaoh for a moment. And... He told them they could go, but he changed his mind, had them trapped against the Red Sea, but praise God, they passed through the Red Sea too. And then they passed through the wilderness, amen? Took them 40 years, and then came into the promised land. And so, in the New Testament, Jesus Christ is the Paschal, the Passover lamb. He is the lamb of God. And he gave his life on the cross of Calvary. And in the spirit, when we accept Christ, our sins are washed away by the blood of the lamb. And so when the day comes and God sees the blood, he will pass over our judgment. So it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful experience, a beautiful time for Judaism a beautiful time for us as Christians. 
And so they gathered to celebrate the Passover in an upper room. And Jesus then, as they would normally celebrate with the same diet that they would celebrate, begins to once again try to impress upon them that he's about to die for them. Now there's two cups mentioned there. The one before the meal was for the meal. But when he broke the bread, a common loaf, and passed it among them, he began to give it these meanings. And that is when he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. Before he did that, he prayed. He prayed a blessing upon the bread. These two committed leaders of our fellowship lead us in this time of prayer. And Greg Callahan leads us in a prayer over the bread and the body of Jesus Christ. Our Father, we're so thankful that we have an opportunity here this morning that together as brothers and sisters in Christ that we can celebrate his broken body and the blood that was shared on the cross for us. The story does not end there, though. There is another story, and that is the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that's in need of a friend, someone to love them, someone to care for them. And Father, this morning I pray for this church, the first day of 2023. I pray that you bless this church and all the outreach and all the ministries that will take place here this year. We thank you for our pastor, for James, Nancy, Tao, choir, the orchestra, all the youth programs. Father, I pray that every door within this church will be blessed. I pray that your blood will cover us and protect us and strengthen us. And Father, we can do all these things because we have confidence in you because you were victorious over that cross, over death. Father, you sit at the right hand of God the Father intervening on behalf of those that believe in you. Father, thank you for the many, many ways you bless this church. And so as I shared from the scripture, Jesus took bread, he broke it, he blessed it first and then passed it among them. And so we, and together in just a second, just as Jesus said to them, he said, this is my body, which is given for you, broken for you, take and eat. I keep referencing the Sunday school lesson this morning. It was so powerful, so powerful as Jesus is introducing Nicodemus to the understanding of the true kingdom of God, the true presence of the Holy Spirit. Tony Evans in preaching this morning was very, very theological. He admitted it himself. That when Jesus began to tell the disciples that he was gonna to have to go away, Jesus said, I must go away. If I do not go away, the Spirit will not come to be with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To me, this was so fascinating. Jesus 
in the flesh among us honored any restrictions of the flesh. If he was with you, he was with you. And Tony Evans said that when Jesus went back to heaven and the Holy Spirit was poured out, in the Holy Spirit, Jesus is with everybody everywhere. Isn't that something? And so what I'm saying here is in taking and reflecting on the body of Christ, we are now the body of Christ. And when we go from here, let us be his body in the world. After the supper, he took a cup a second time and he gave it the meaning of his shed blood and says that it was shed for you, shed for you. Again, he prayed and he passed it among them that they might share in it. Dr. Ricky Brantley prays for us the blood of Jesus Christ. Would you just bow? Uh, Lord Jesus, I, I know probably every time I, I'm asked to pray this prayer uh, that I begin something like this. While I do not understand this, while I can't really put my arms around how you would send your son to come live among us and, and die for a sinner like me. But Lord, this I know, while I may not understand it, by faith, I can receive it. And Lord Jesus, I can somehow just thank you from the bottom of my heart that you loved me enough and love everyone in this building enough to die for us. And from your shed blood that you cover our sins into eternity. Father, I pray now that as we receive this juice that we might grasp in our hearts and know with an certainty that you did it for us and you will do it for any who will call upon you even this moment to be saved. Lord, I pray that it might happen even as we uh, are in this sacrament service today, that someone might receive for the first time the salvation of life. Thank you for shedding your blood that covered our sins and leads us to eternity. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you. And as Jesus passed a cup, you have received a cup. And so we carefully remove that seal. And as Jesus said to them, this is my blood, which is shed for you. Drink you all of it. The Apostle Paul, in teaching the church at Corinth how to respectfully, reverently, and spiritually celebrate the Lord's Supper, told them that for as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we do proclaim the Lord's death until He comes again. What is an exciting phrase in the Gospel of Luke 22, 
is as Jesus here is introducing this and they still are not fully receiving it, when they look back upon it, there is hope there. When he says first in verse 16, I will no longer eat of it, meaning the Passover, until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Jesus is letting them know this is not the end, this is just the beginning. And then in verse 18, he says, and I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Jesus faced a horrendous, horrendous death for us. But he knew in his heart he was coming out on the other side of it. I thank God that whatever we face, we can go into it by faith in God that we will come out of it. Somehow, somewhere on the other side. Dr. Brantley's prayer, Greg's prayer, touch my heart. And I want to invite anyone here or anyone listening by way of radio that has never prayed the prayer to receive Christ, that you will do so. I thank God for the power of media. I have heard many times through the years somebody accepting Jesus Christ because of a radio or a television program. Years ago, pastoring Central in the sunlight hour, five mornings a week, I had a man tell me, he said, Brother Bill, I got saved between Patterson and Blackshear listening to the sunlight hour. I could tell you stories of people getting saved. But I want to lead us in a simple prayer. It's as simple as the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I'm going to offer a simple prayer of salvation. And you within your heart, if you've never prayed that, someone by way of radio to pray this prayer. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, your word tells us the Apostle Paul has such an incredible, incredible guide to salvation that if we believe that Jesus is Lord, meaning God with us, and that God raised him from the dead, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So Lord Jesus, I pray for that person who for the first time, like possibly Nicodemus that night, began to say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believed that you were raised from the dead. And here I confess my faith in you, ask you to forgive me of my sins, come into my life and live through me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. And we say, as so many do, by way of media, if you prayed that prayer, we believe you got saved. The next step is to get into a Bible-believing church and begin your journey with Jesus. We sing a hymn of invitation.